You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 19. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Proverbs 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Proverbs 3, 1 to 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Proverbs 8, 35 to 36. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Proverbs 16:25 There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Proverbs Life and death. Life. People want a long life. People want a good life. People want that good life. That's why so many people move here to this area of the world pursuing the good life on the search for fulfilment and life. People want a fun life. People want a life filled with holidays and fun, full of memories and photos without filters. And people want a painless life. Or at the very least, people want a life that has a purpose to be able to endure that pain. Death. People avoid death. We avoid death. We we have closed coffins. We have tucked away cemeteries. Where are the cemeteries in our new house and land estates? We avoid death. We sanitize death. We have medical experts. We have end-of-life care. They're not bad things. They're good things. Blessings from the Lord. But we sanitize death. People trivialize death. We have Halloween. People dress up at parties, dress up as death. And we have zombie movies making fun of death. And we all hate death. We have diets, pills, injectables, and we have regret and we have tears at every funeral. We hate death. I wonder what first comes to your mind when you think about life and death and then you think about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about life and death. It uses quite frequently the language of life and death. We've already heard from our few readings today, the language, uh, it's quite hyperbolic. It's there for emphasis. It's intense. It's, it's metaphoric. It, 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 it reaches out to catch us and to grab our attention. Life and death. 
What is life for you? What is death for you? Now today, I have no intention in uh, mucking around. (laughs) If you are someone who is here today or you're listening in and you're thinking about the most significant thing you can, life and death, how are we going to read Proverbs well? Well, if you're looking for true, abundant, meaningful, lasting, fulfilled, eternal life in the Proverbs, you will not find it if you take the Proverbs alone. You will get some good advice for sure. You'll get some good advice for life and death. Absolutely. Wisdom is wisdom as truth is truth. It's a law of this world that God has made. But I'm not going to stand here today and give you a way of reading the Bible that would be acceptable in some Surf Coast New Age group. It's not my intention today to give you a a teaching that would be uh, at home in a Jewish synagogue. I don't want today's sermon to be able to sit nicely in a conversation amongst friends who are saying, I like most of the values of the Bible, but I think the best thing is just to be a good person in a kombucha conversation. Let me come right out and say it. And please don't miss this. Don't divorce the king from the kingdom. Don't put distance between the word of God made flesh and God's words of wisdom in Proverbs. If you want to illuminate Proverbs, you need to plug in the light of the world. Every person in this world, you and me, we all desire to live and to die well. And we need Jesus in the book of Proverbs. He needs to be the concrete in the concepts of the Proverbs. If you keep turning the pages of your Bible past the book of Proverbs, you'll read, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Jesus if we are going to properly crack open the Proverbs for life and death. We need Jesus if we are properly going to crack open the Proverbs for life and death. We need Jesus if we are properly going to crack open the Proverbs for life and death. We need Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are properly going to face and live a good life and die a good death. And at this point, maybe you're asking, but Louis, what sorts of biblical gymnastics are you seeking to play with us here, you say? For those of you that have an English accent. Well, I hope you've got your Bible open with you. Let's look at some of these Proverbs, shall we? 
Let's put some concrete into their concepts. Proverbs 11, 9, Tash read out for us so beautifully. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Do you know your Bible? Have you been reading your Bible? Are you familiar with the words of God's word? Who is known as? Who is described as our advocate with the Father, the righteous one? The answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the question, when you get to a proverb like 11, 19, are you steadfast in righteousness? Are you steadfast in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Read the proverb again. Whoever is steadfast in the Lord Jesus Christ will live, but he pursues evil will die. What about Proverbs 11, 19, 23? That was the next one. The fear of the Lord leads to life and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Who is it that said that I am the way, the truth and the life? Who is it that delighted in the fear of the Lord? Who is it that gives rest? satisfies our souls and protects us in the valley of the shadow of death? Do you know the answer? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 3, 1 to 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Who is it that was called rabbi, teacher, that shocked the crowds with his teaching with authority? Who is it that says, you are my friends if you keep my commandments? Who is it that said, my peace I give you my peace, I leave with you. Do you know the answer? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. My son, do not forget Jesus' teaching, but let your heart keep his commandments for length of days and years of life and his peace that will add to you. Are you starting to see the pattern in the Proverbs, putting concrete onto these concepts? I'll let you do the last two. Mr. Gen. Proverbs 8.35. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. Who is it that if we receive him, believe on his name, will not perish but have eternal life? Can you fill that one in? Whoever finds Christ finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. What about Proverbs 14.27? Have a go at this one. See if you can figure it out before I turn you to the back of the book. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. 
Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Have you been reading your Bible? Do you know the words of Jesus? Jesus beautifully, kindly, graciously meets the woman at the well in John 4. What a story. Scandalous. Beautiful. He says, whoever drinks the water I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you want concrete in the concepts of Proverbs? You need the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Proverbs is just warming up until we get to Jesus. It's just warming up. Because who is Jesus? The image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. In him, all the knowledge and all the knowledge and wisdom of God was pleased to dwell. And wisdom, the logos, puts on flesh, steps onto the stage of human history and keeps speaking. You follow Jesus around in the Gospels? Have you read this guy? He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he is Lord of all. And I'm opting for Lord of all when he rises from the dead after a brutal crucifixion and having said he was God. Are you listening to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ for life and death? Do you have questions about your life and about your death? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness. How much darkness is in the world we have around us today? Who needs some light for their life? I'm putting my hand up first. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Nourishing us, feeding us, sustaining us, giving us energy just to take another step forward and to keep stumbling on while we hold on by our fingernails. Bread of life. Feed on him in your hearts by faith. But it gets better. What else does Jesus say about himself? Jesus, son of the most high God. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believe in me, though he die, yet he may live. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? But Jesus wasn't all talk. He put his money where his mouth was. His actions often spoke louder than his words. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God, he raised people from the dead. Like just so often we like flicking through our Bible. And the reading today is uh, he, uh, he said, little girl gets up. Oh, isn't that nice? And then she made them all a cup of tea. Jesus brings dead people back to life. Take three seconds, just. Will you let that astound you? Will you let that 
pierced through your Instagram real filter of just swiping past and just be like, this guy rises, breezes people from the dead. <laughs> he's not only super powerful, but he's super loving. Gives life, gives love, provides, shows mercy. He who was out, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Neither do I condemn you. Rise, get up, walk, take up your mat. And he's full of wisdom. He's full of wisdom. And to find him is to find not only wisdom and power and eternal life, it's also to find the one who will save you from the second death. He can save you from the second death, the judgment seat as we stand before the living God on our final day. Jesus now sits in that seat to judge the living and the dead. We will all one day stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrected body, full of glory, full of power, his, the train of his robe filling the temple and the seraphim, the fiery warrior SAS ninja angels crying out, not even willing to look at him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. We'll stand there. We'll see that. And whoever believes in him, trusts in him, has placed their confidence in him, is pursuing a relationship with him, is submitted to him, has said, I'm so sorry for the life that I've lived in opposition to you. Not my will, but your will be done. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What's it gonna cost? Covet it. Covet it. Why? I love you. So much. And Jesus, he not only has said these things, he's not only showed these things, he doesn't only now sit in the holiest of holies interceding on our behalf, Jesus has also sent. He sent men and women to say this to us, he's to say, believe this, trust in this. We appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For people to say to you and for, people, and for me to hear it as well, for us to go and to realise, behold, now is the favourable time. Now is the day of salvation. Just as Moses spoke on God's behalf before the people, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Choose life. They may live loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him for he is your life and your length of days. What have you chosen? Have you chosen life or have you chosen death? Indecision is death. What have you chosen? I hope that all of you here today would choose life. I hope all of you today receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit to bear witness in your soul that you are a child of the living God, that your guilt is taken away, that you have a hope now and forevermore. How do you choose life if you've never chosen life before? By receiving Jesus and his life 
and his death on your behalf? How do you receive Jesus and his life and his death on your behalf? What are you to do? You need to choose to die. You need to die to self. You need to pick up your cross and follow Christ. Just like the computer update. It's going to be, all the work is going to be done in the background. You don't see that fine work that's being done, but you still need to reset the computer. You still need to turn it off. You still need to click agree to to, to the reset of your heart and let it go dark before you see the light come on for real. Just like a new heart by the surgeon on the operating table. The surgeon will do the work. He'll make sure everything's cleaned up and things can go on again. He'll do it. We can trust him. He has the power. He has the training. He has the skills to be able to do it. But you still need to lay down on the operating table. You still need to let that old heart stop and for it to be taken out so the new one can go in. Have you been willing to lie down before the great physician for the healing of your heart so that old heart of stone may be taken out and you may be given a heart of flesh? Or just like when you play on a new team or you start a new job, HR, recruiting, they'll take care of all that paperwork. Don't worry about it. They'll write up the new contract and they'll take you through the induction process. But you still need to be willing to rip up the old contract of your old employment, your old team. You still need to take off the old badge and the old uniform of the old team to be in order for you to be able to sign the new contract and wear the new colours. Have you died to self? Or are you still clutching onto your old life? Only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Which is good news. Again. Because even with how scary it is, pushing all your chips into the middle of the table and going all in, as scary as it is to let go of your own man-made security and personal plans for life mastery, Jesus isn't asking you to do something that he hasn't been willing to do himself when he says we must die to self. Because this is how Jesus was able to offer us new life in the first place, wasn't it? He's not standing back aloof going, when you die yourself, I'll come and do the thing. I'll probably get a little bit uncomfortable so that you may be saved. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus takes the initiative. Jesus goes ahead of us. Jesus pursues us to rescue us and to renew us. By how? Laying down his own life in our place so that he would be punished for our sins so we wouldn't have to be, so that he would be crushed by God so we wouldn't have to be. By this, we know God loves us that he laid down his life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, gave his one and only son, 
gave him up. God shows his love for you when, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And the life he gives, it's no mere resuscitation. It's no plug-in to your life browser so you've got a few extra tricks and tips to be able to do life and death well. Jesus gave up his life. He died in your place. And if you believe that he did, you can receive that substitutionary death. And you can also receive and be joined with Christ in his resurrection. If we have been united to him in a death like his, it says in Romans 6, we shall certainly, certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Certainly. Do you know the book book of Hebrews? It says, God can't lie. God can't lie. My God can do anything. No, can't lie. He will, you, he, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. I hate sin. I hate it so much. I hate how it haunts me. I hate how it, it taints this world. Hate how it corrupts every single conversation, sneaking behind every single thought. Sin sucks. And if we don't have Jesus, we're a slave to it. We're in its bondage. We're shackled to it. Can't get it off. Can't get rid of it. Can't clean it off. Ah! Ah! Hand sanitizer. That gritty stuff the mechanics use. No. What do we need? We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from sin. And if you've been cleansed from sin, and if you're joined to Christ, that's the picture of baptism, isn't it? Picture of baptism, dying a death into the deep darkness of the waters, being raised to new life, cleansed, joined to Christ, reborn, a new person, all things made new. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. He lays it down on his own accord and he has the authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Jesus showed that his tomb was empty. He revealed himself to 500 eyewitnesses. It's recorded for us in history. It's spoken, written and attested to and died for. Jesus is alive. And this resurrection of Jesus is the first fruits of things to come. And if you die to yourself now, you can be joined in a resurrection like his later, physically. But it's also a resurrection that starts now. Do you know that? Do you know that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, you'll be given the Holy Spirit and it's a resurrection that starts now, yeah? Kingdom citizenship, the paperwork, done, you're in. You're in. You're in God's kingdom, last breath on this earth, first breath, kingdom of God, perfection. No more sin. Standing in the glory of God. This is pretty nice. Outdoor church, the sun is shining, the shade is beautiful. This is poo compared to the kingdom of God. 
and kingdom values. That's a resurrection that starts now as well. Character, ongoing, growing. We're working that out with the helper, the Holy Spirit by our side and in our hearts to change us from the inside out, bringing to mind the scripture we're reading, convicting us of sin, cleansing us and showing us a path, leading us in conversations where we ask for forgiveness for the times we screw it up, leading us in showing acts of mercy and generosity because that's just what my dad does. I've got to do that too. Teaching us to be sacrificial and to serve and to love and to be merciful and to be kind. We grow in these things like a child learns to crawl, to walk, to run, to sprint, to work. Being born again, we we start that path as well. First year apprentice, second, third year apprentice, fourth year apprentice, and then our graduation moment, Jesus comes back. We all in the glory together. Come on. No one's made it. But if you believe in Jesus, hold on to him. You are safe. Have you received Jesus? Have you died to self? Have you made a public profession of your faith? Is it not only a decision you've made up in here or is it something that you've spoken out of here? Is it a decision that's bearing fruit in your life? When people look at you, do they go, oh, they remind me of someone. You remind me of... Jesus, you kind of act like you're in some sort of different type of family. You care for things that people enslaved to sin don't care about. 2 Corinthians 6, and then 1 Corinthians 6, they go to speak about this life that we can have in Jesus, this death that we don't have to now no longer face. What is that life for? Purposeful, meaningful, resurrection life. Well, with the gift of eternal life, if you receive that, your life's purpose is now to be an advertisement of Jesus, what he is doing and what he said to do. Have you received Jesus? Are you now looking to honour and serve and love Jesus? The gift of eternal life that you received by grace, not by work, so no one may boast, This gift, your life purpose right now is to be an advertisement of Jesus and what he is doing in you and what he says to do. 2 Corinthians 6, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. 1 Corinthians 6, you are not your own. You were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. You are not your own. You were bought at a price, so glorify your God. Glorify God in your body. This is just to the people that confess Jesus in the room, okay? If you're still figuring out who Jesus is, just have a listen to what Christians are called to, okay? You are not your own. You're bought at a price, so glorify God in your body. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. How does that make you feel? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. If you're anything like me, you read this as you're being conditioned within a Western world and you go, wait, hold on. My little Western enlightened brain cries out, you can't own me. I'll do my own thing. 
Is that just me or is that, is that a whole bunch of other people when they, they get there? Is that just me that... No? Okay, just me. All right, I'll preach myself for the next five minutes. We are conditioned to thinking that way. I watched some of the footy yesterday. Don't usually do that. How bad are ads? Ads suck. Ads are a revolt result. Ads are the, re the effect of the fall. Ads are, man, what the heck, man? Go your own way. One of the slogans, go your own way, which sums up that idea of be true to yourself, which sums up that idea of you do you, which is great if you are doing the Holy Spirit that is in you, if you are being true to yourself, which is a new creation made in the image of God and, and now being conformed to the image of Christ. That's awesome advice. But that's not what we hear, is it? You do you, go your own way, do you. Proverbs 16.25, there is a way that seems right to a man. This is gender inclusive language, ESV, it's okay, it's for everyone but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, man and woman, but its end is the way to death. What are you searching for? What, is, what are you seeking? What is it? Is it your next thrill, your next experience, your next identity marker, your next social acceptance, your next step in a master plan so you can be, the self, you can be self-reliant rather than God-dependent? We all have in our heart, I want to do my own thing. I want to go my own way. I want to be true to myself. And then when God says to us, with the new life, He so freely, abundantly, graciously, generously gives, we go, hold on, you can't tell me to do, I want to do my own thing, which is so dumb. I have to tell this to myself all the time. It's so dumb, so dumb to think that. Like doing my own thing was a thing that got me in trouble in the first place. Can we remember that? <laughs> Just running into the darkness like an idiot. Just me. Just, I remember preaching to me. Wasn't it the love of God to rescue me from my self-absorbed ignorance and arrogance to my spiritual self-harm? Why would I go back to doing my own thing? What is that? Why would I even think that as an option? What is it in me that is causing me to question God's good call on my new life? God reminding me, he says, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Think about that. You were bought at a price. Do you know how much the price was? This helps realign our heart when we want to do our own thing. Do you know how much the price was? The death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God. God has paid so much to have you and me in his family, on his team, in his kingdom, to participate in his purposes. And if he's paid so much, why would we ever think that he's going to use us irresponsibly? Why would we think that? Why do I think that? Why do we bristle when it says you are not your own? You're bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Why do we bristle when it God very clearly says, here's the way to live and we run in the opposite direction? Look again at the cross. Look, in, look at what God was willing to give in order to secure you, Christian. Doesn't that say something about how precious he considers you? Doesn't that say something about how precious he considers you? Before we think God's ownership of us is a stifling thing 
we should realise he is not going to make his newly adopted child, which he has paid such a great price for, do anything that is going to break, damage or corrupt them. He has pricelessly bought people. He has paid so much to take care of them. They can trust him. Like what kind of a good father, after ponying up an arm and a leg to bail out his child from prison, would then immediately send his kids out on a task that'll get them put straight back in? None that I know. Like what kind of wise boss would employ a person and then knowing that they now represent the company, now give them tasks that would harm the person or the image of the company? No boss I know. Like what kind of surgeon would do a job for a patient, pro bono, wearing the cost on themselves, then give their patient a rehab plan that would completely compromise the work they did on the table in theatre? No surgeon I know. God paid the price for your soul so you can have new life, so you wouldn't have to see the second death. God died our death. He made the greatest sacrifice that's ever been and ever will and ever can be made in order to be able to freely redeem, rescue and renew you. And to be able to call you out of the prison of this world of sin. So why would God, who is more infinitely loving, wise and kind than any earthly father, employer or surgeon, make the purpose of our new life damaging and painful? Jesus said, I came so that you may have life, life abundant. With the gift of eternal life, your life's purpose right now is to be an advertisement of Jesus, what he is doing and what he has said to do. This is where the wisdom of God will lead you. This is where you'll find yourself in your life being built on a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been blessed to be a blessing. The light of the world has come into your life. He's rescued you and he's renewing you. And now he tells you, you are a city on a hill. Let your light shine before others so that the world may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Death is awful. We avoid death. We sanitize death. We trivialize death. We hate death. But if you are in a committed relationship with Jesus, through him, you need not fear death. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you know, Christian, that your life now, your new life, 
Do you know that now your actions and your words and your everything is to be channeled so that others may be able to say the same? Is that the focus of your life? Do you know the purpose that Jesus has for you in this world? Have you considered that perhaps the reason you're in this country, in this state, in this church, in this time, is to be able to participate in the pushing back of darkness by praying that laborers may be sent out into the harvest? Do you want to read the Proverbs well for life and death? Know Jesus and make Jesus known. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.